Mission Valley Radio 88.9 FM. Welcome back to the State of the Environment program. And uh, we're very lucky to have on the line a very busy Sue Higginson. Sue is the uh, Greens candidate for uh, the state seat of uh, Lismore. And uh, she has been talking about this wonderful Richmond River plan, which was launched um, a couple of days ago. Uh, good morning, Sue. Hello there, Meg. Good afternoon, afternoon, Sue. <laughs> oh dear, it's afternoon, isn't it, dear? I'm <laughs> sorry, Meg. Away. I'm all behind. It's so, fine. So, how's things with you, Sue? How's your voice going? Um, it's um, well and truly recovering. Oh, um, well done. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, all is um, all is going well and on plan. Yeah. Oh, very good. So, this is a very exciting uh, plan that uh, I haven't had a chance to read it in any depth, but uh, it looks like absolute common sense. Um, looking and looking at our rivers um, for uh, rescuing them. Yeah, yeah. Look, we've we've put um, quite a bit of work into this, and over a period of time, you know, like we launched our um, Greens for Lismore campaign really back in June. We started working quite hard and. When we sat down to discuss what our campaign priorities um, would be, um, it was well informed by some of the work that Tamara Smith, member for Ballina, um, had been doing, has been doing over the last four years. One of the issues that we, uh, that was identified to us as a cross-electorate um, regional issue was the state and the parlous health of our Richmond River and of course when we're talking about the Richmond, and I know I've had this from a few people, um, you know, we're talking about all of those wonderful rivers that we know by other names that are in fact part of the Richmond, so including uh, Wilson's River that um, starts mm. in the, it, it further up and runs through Lismore. So we, um, you know, we, what we did very early on was we sat down with and engaged with a number of stakeholders who have been working on this river for some four decades, and really importantly, those people that were involved in the very comprehensive scientific assessment of the Richmond River in 2014, uh-huh. the University of New England Eco Health Report. Can you hear a rooster in the background? Yes, 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 we yes, can. It's wonderful. <laughs> Look, he's a, he's a glorious specimen. He really is. Um, and so, um, yes, yeah, so the 2014 University of New England Eco Health Report was one of the most comprehensive river reports and investigations into uh, a whole of catchment. And really sadly, that report confirmed that our river um, and its many tributaries is one of the unhealthiest rivers on the east coast of New South Wales. It's tragic, isn't it? Tragic. Yeah. And look, you know, I mean, so, you know, in terms of a scale from A to F is how they did a convenient sort of layperson's assessment of the, the, the technical material behind the report. Some parts of our river, particularly the Wilsons just above Lismore, that actually came back with an F rating. Mm. So oh, no. That's dreadful. Yeah. Look, well. I spoke to uh, a, a, an aquatic ecologist who is an expert in um, river health from Tasmania. He said to me when he read the report and we discussed it, he was alarmed and said that the only time he's ever witnessed an F reporting for a waterway was at the discharge point of a tailings mining dam um, in Tasmania. So that gives you a kind of idea of the the scale of the problem that our poor river is facing. 
So, like every um, terrible um, story and terrible problem, we look most um, comprehensively at the opportunities that that presents to us. When we um, sat down with experts and stakeholders across the region and, and from outside the region, where there's some fabulous river health experts at Griffith University that we've worked with who have worked on similar projects at turning rivers around and reviving them in the Hunter Valley. Um, one of the things that we all realised and concluded is, look, this, this river can be revived um, and we actually know how to revive rivers. We have done that in Australia and other areas. There's been some in Queensland, the Noosa River, and we're making some significant process in the Hunter Valley. So looking at models, programs and plans, what we did is we adapted all of the best available um, methods, mechanisms and research and distilled that down into a very simplified plan to revive the, our Richmond River. And we've we soft launched that late last year when we had a big round table with many stakeholders and it was fabulous because so many people came. Mm. Um, that was late last year in, um, it, it, at the wonderful Southern Cross University's mm. national study for flood research. Okay. Um, and we had that round table, we launched the plan, um, you know, soft, in a soft way. We got a lot of feedback, we integrated that feedback and then yet last week um, Tamara Smith and I on the banks of the Wilson River with Justin Field, our member for the Upper House in New South Wales, we launched that plan. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a fairly, um, you know, that's the background to the plan. We in particular, uh, when we looked at all of our campaign priorities for this region, and we have many, we realised that this plan is a really important feature of, it, of any campaign right now because, you know, when we looked at the parliamentary research on our river, we realised there has been nearly 50 years of building knowledge about the state and the decline of the river and 50 years of government inaction. Yes. We said, this election, we have to turn this around. Oh, yes, please. Let's do it. It's uh, just so important. We've, we've just got to address this uh, this system, haven't we? It's tragic, yeah. really tragic. And one of the other things that we realised and that we learnt particularly from stakeholders is how much people really do rely on this river mm -hmm. and, and also how much potential there is for this river to be relied on in beneficial ways for the community going forward. So in terms of, so the immediate response, um, you know, we're talking about a $235 million investment in this river over the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about virtually all of that money going into on-ground work, which will create jobs and will create um, investment in existing landholders, existing um, river care groups and land care groups so that they can get carry on and get on with working on the land on the ground and repairing this river there's um uh, uh you know a big pool of money as part of that 235 million that is allocated to riparian revegetation in all of the strategic locations um that will deliver um early and and that's important for us will deliver early um, improvements to the river in the 10-year plan um, and part of that money also will be in provided 
through an investment program for landholders that live on the river to uptake um, programs to assist them in three ways. One, to get their stock out of the river. And we know that most landholders and stock managers don't want their um, stock in the river. They would yeah, rather have, right. um, you know, much more amenable drinking sources for livestock. Absolutely. Um, so that program will consist of stock watering points mm. and um, wildlife friendly and appropriate and adaptive fencing in proper locations along the river. Um, and it will also include um, a program where people that are undertaking land use and farming activities that are having filtration and runoff problems, um, they can apply if for funding to be able to manage the runoff on their property um, appropriately. So whether that is through repatriating of original wetlands or even um, modifying and instilling helpful um, constructed wetlands and of course silt trapping and buffer, uh, buffer zone, um, um, appropriate planted buffer zone for filtration capture. capture. Excellent. So, yeah, so that money is all earmarked directly for the benefit of the community working in the landscape in a sustainable and positive way over the next 10 years. That's a, fam that's a fabulous project. That's a fabulous plan. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, I, I, obviously, for me to go into the full detail, we'll be here till five o'clock, um, <laughs> and I won't do that to you or your readers, but there are also some very, very simple, um, immediate things that we need to do, which are actually um, government policy changes um, and some structural adjustment. And the one I'm talking about in particular here is we need to end the native forest logging that's taking place in the headwaters of our catchment. Mm, mm, um, absolutely. We know that the current Liberal National Coalition government has just introduced at the end of last year some logging rules that actually loosen the protection of our cat headwater catchment. Mm. So bringing in, um, you know, some 30, 20, 15 metre buffers down to five metre mm. buffers. Um, all of the science all of the science that um, uh, compares and contrasts river health, headwater catchment best practice um, suggests that we do need appropriate buffers and we shouldn't be logging and silting up those in very important headwaters. And, you know, we know that some of ours are in the upper parts of a largest catchment, of quite a large catchment, um, and we are talking about some relatively steep slopes, um, highly erodible soils. So. You know, we, we, we've done the work. Um, the science has been doing the work for decades. Yes. The, forestry, the Forestry Corporation itself has been doing the work for decades. We know that, um, you know, these headwaters need to be protected by good quality vegetation that, um, you know, keeps the riverbanks and the original starting of our water sources intact. Yes, indeed. And I understand that those uh, reduced buffer zones, actually, the, uh, they are now allowed to, or in the new laws, they will be allowed to build roads within those buffer zones. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, doubly outrageous. Yeah, yeah, look, it is. And, you know, it's really interesting because it takes me back to um, the 80s when a woman um, by the name of Joy Van Son who was, um, ex she lived down, just slightly downstream of a, a, a catchment um, down in the Maclay Valley. And 
the Forestry Corporation in those days um, did exactly that. They built a road crossing um, over um, a creek crossing quite high in the headwaters and catchment. And it was interestingly interesting because the, the filtration that was created just through that one um, causeway over the watercourse destroyed what she had experienced on her own private property, which was literally adjacent. Mm. Um, massive disturbance to her waterhole and the waterhole that she relied on for her domestic water purposes. Yeah. There was a big court case that happened in the 80s where Joy Van Son very courageously took on the Forestry Commission as it was then mm. and she showed um, you know, the public nuisance and the private nuisance that had been caused to her but through the destruction of the environment and the water course. And she won that case. Oh, great. The court, it, it was a tremendous outcome. The yeah. court found that it's not okay for the Forestry Corporation to undertake these activities on public land, even though they were licensed to log mm. and harm the waterways to this extent. So, yeah. you know, as a lawyer like myself that has um, been engaged in forestry activities with the community and watching those and seeing the destruction and the downstream impacts of some of these forestry practices, um, you know, I'm still amazed at the lack of um, connection between our common law and the law of the day that allows our public authorities or state-owned corporations to do this harm in the, in the catchment. So mm. um, it's certainly a part of our river plan. We know that it's good law, it's good policy, and it's good environmental management to not be logging and roading in um, high up in our headwater catchments. No, it's yeah. an excellent plan. It's uh, very encouraging. Um, so can I just go back to the Wilsons River? Going yes. back a few years, wasn't there a um, whole lot of pipes laid into the Wilsons River to use that river as a backup for Rocky Creek Dam as water? Yes, absolutely. So... Rouse Water, that is, a, yes, that is our, right. yeah. Um, yeah, that's our region's bulk water supplier. Rouse Water um, did make an application and got approval to be able to pump out of the Wilson, mm. treat that water, and then use that in augmentation of our um, a, a Rocky Creek Dam supply yeah. to our Lismore and other local government areas water supply that Rouse is required to supply so absolutely we are drinking out of this river make no mistake it's oh, no secret yeah. we are drinking out of an f-rated river and you know i, I mean obviously rouse water is the bulk water supplier guarantees the health standards of that water but what it means is we are at times in the year we are treating that water significantly in order mm. for it to be of a drinking water um, standard for our region's consumers of water yeah, so this should be of importance, the reason I brought it up to everyone, not just um, environmentalists, but everyone should be worried about the state of the river. Absolutely, Robin. I mean, really, it, 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 look, it, and on that point, Rouse Water itself has developed a plan similar to the plan we have developed um, because it too understands the significance importance of cleaning up this river. One of the things that was interesting too is um, when we originally launched this plan and we're talking about a $235 million price tag over 10 years, yeah. some people raised, oh gosh, how can we spend that much money on a, a river when you know we've got people sleeping rough or ha hospitals not fully staffed? Um, you know, our response to that naturally is 
this is not an either or and in fact what this is is a relatively cheap investment because if we keep delaying fixing our river given the amount of benefits and the reliance that we have as a region on this river if we wait too long the price tag is only going to get higher and mm. higher and higher every year so what we're saying is draw a line in the sand New South Wales has never been wealthier. We are returning $4.5 billion surpluses. We've sold just about every public asset we have, including our poles and wires. Yes, We've now true. just sold our share in the Snowy Hydro for another oh, $4.8 million. Yeah. So if we, given we're cashed up, we say um, we need to spend that money on our regional priorities, um, fixing our river, the economic benefits that we know will be returned from fixing this river. So firstly, through the creation of immediate jobs, Secondly, I mean, you know, we, we once had a booming um, oyster farming industry, uh, fantastic fisheries and hatcheries along this river mm. that were supplying enormous amounts to our regional economy. Um, they are dead industries. They don't exist. And mm. if we want to accept that as the new norm, that's very sad. They mm. are economic opportunities completely wasted. Um, and there's, there's a number of those. I, uh, obviously, I can, I, I've listed quite a, a lot in the plan and I could list many more. But that's just one example of a sustainable industry that is beneficial to the whole of the community, i.e., namely, it's nutritious food. Yeah. Um, this river should be a, 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 an absolute thriving bed of health, productivity and economic generation for the region and at the moment it's a you know arguably it's a liability so we need to invest and i i, I don't think there is anybody sitting listening here or further beyond that would say Nope, I don't think we should fix our river. I think we mm. should maintain a very unhealthy river. No, <laughs> for heaven's sake. And, and pump the, the farmers that live on that river, pump that dirty, filthy water onto the food that we then all eat. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, it's look, there are a number of um, allocations of water entitlements from our river. Um, you know, look, I, I, I'm part of that farming community. I farm on the Richmond floodplain. I don't have a, a, a water entitlement, but many of my farming colleagues do yeah. and absolutely they rely and let's face it we know that they are going to need to rely in the future more and more on good healthy flows in our river because we know that the northern rivers under a climate change scenario that we already commence yeah. will experience longer periods of dry weather throughout our summer months mm. so this is we are by fixing this river, improving its health, improving its flows, because healthy rivers um, with with good riparian areas do flow more consistently, consistently for longer periods during the year, we know that this is a really clever, sound financial investment into safe-proofing our future. It certainly is, and, uh, and it can be done. Thank you so much, Sue. Really appreciate you telling us about that. This is a fabulous plan, and... Uh, We'd love to see it implemented. Thank you, Meg and Robin, for the opportunity. It's always so lovely to talk with you people on this wonderful um, community service. <laughs> Thanks, Sue. Thank you. Talk soon. Okay. See you. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.